RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Welcome, everyone, to our Closing the Distance podcast. I'm Carrie Weatherford. I'm one of our associate pastors here at Roswell Presbyterian. And this, well, afternoon, I have the uh, privilege to interview our senior pastor, Jeff Myers, who gave our sermon yesterday on uh, the Jimmy Stewart question, which... <laughs> Actually, in a minute, I'll have you explain that, but but this is kicking off our uh, sermon series called Family Meetings, and it's also during our commitment season here at, at RPC. Uh, Jeff, though, just for people who might not have heard, what, what was the Jimmy Stewart question? Well, I, the Jimmy Stewart, well, thanks, Karen. Thanks for being here and inviting me to talk. Um, uh, the Jimmy Stewart question comes from the Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, and he plays a character named George Bailey, who is uh, goes through some terrible events and wonders if if it would have been better if he was never born. And that is, I think, uh, the Jimmy Stewart question. Yep. Or we could have called it the George Bailey question, but right. would it be better if I was never born? And I think that's one of the questions a lot of us ask and wonder. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that, that one of the insightful things about that movie is that he, George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, doesn't recognize the, the positive impact he's made in so many people's lives and only by being going through his life and seeing the absence of his presence in it is he able to see wow i really have made a huge difference in people's lives and it's one of those things where you like you don't know uh what you're missing till it's gone and, right. so, and it's that positive i think it's one of these beautiful messages of are you making a positive impact um and how can you do that uh in the world and hopefully for all of us, uh, the world would be much worse off if we weren't here. So yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. And actually, the scripture passage that you chose um, was about being salt and light in the world, and you know that we all are called to to go out and and um, to make this world you know a better place and be be part of it. And I'm interested actually in that passage. Uh, there's two images used, salt and light. Why do you think that there are two images that, that Jesus used there? Well, that's a great question. I'm, I'm not totally for sure, but I, I think when um, Jesus and in the New Testament um, places in Paul, when they talk about what, what followers of Jesus are supposed to be about, there's a diversity of gifts that are given. So we mm-hmm. have images of salt and light. We have images of the body, the body of Christ. Um, we have uh, the fruit of the spirit, right? There's all of these diversity of callings that we're called to. And so I think 
it, part of our job is to recognize and discern what, what am I gifted at? What, how, what do I enjoy? Um, we're like, as Frederick Buechner said, where does um, my great gladness meet the world's great need? Um, mm -hmm. Where does that intersection happen? And, um, and so I think Jesus uses salt and light. Uh, I think, be, and because I think they refer to kind of different experiences that we explored yesterday in the sermon, salt, you know, as a preservative, but also uh, a flavor enhancer. It may, it's supposed to spice things up. Um, and light, it has to do with vision, about uh, light in the darkness um, and reflecting God's light. Um, and so those are, are two different images that I think come together really nicely to give a, um, a fuller view of our calling as followers of Christ in the world. Absolutely. I, I love that that there are those two images, too, and, and it does represent kind of the diversity. Um but I think sometimes, at least in my experience, sometimes people think, well, gosh, I am not, um, my gifts are not maybe very, uh, like, I'm really good at numbers, but how can that help the church? Or how am I supposed to, to use this? Um, how is it um, in God's kingdom? And so I'm curious if you have any advice on how people can discern what their gifts are and how they can use them um, to further the kingdom of God. Yeah, so I think, I, I, I think there's um, a self-reflection, like prayerful discernment of like, what am I good at? And what do I enjoy? Um, I think a lot of people, when they think about following God, there's also, there's also, there's almost this like self-flagellation. It's, it's, like, it's gotta hurt, you know, it's gotta be painful. I've got to feel, feel terrible about it. And I just don't think that that's what Christ calls us to. I don't think that's what we're created for. We're mm -hmm. to find joy, enjoyment, pleasure, um, in, 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 in a sense of gratitude. Oh, wow. I get to do this. Um, and so I was thinking, I was thinking, as you're just saying that, I was thinking about what could I, how have I been blessed today? Okay. Let me just give you some, some examples of how people have blessed me uh, in various ways. Okay. So I, a young girl named Emily left me a, a birthday gift that she made me this cool little bracelet. Although I think she thinks I've got smaller hands than I do, but, um, but this cool, like really thoughtful birthday mm -hmm. gift totally unnecessary but just so sweet then here listen to that look at this carrie look at this bouquet of flowers that was just waiting for me i okay. love the flower guild men and women get together to arrange flowers these flowers go out to people all across north metro atlanta to folks that can't get out they need uh their day bright okay now should i be arranging flowers no that's not where my gift is but there are people that are really gifted and they're serving and doing ministry that way. Um, we've got, I got, I got a letter, a letter, six, four pages, you know, trying to bless me. Somebody just is like, I can bless him by writing him a letter. I got a card. Um, this afternoon, we have our financial resources minister, FRM, who takes care of the budgets of the church. I'm hanging out with CPAs, accountants, finance people. Now they like, could do debits and credits and like run circles around me when it talking about the balance sheet and all of this stuff, but golly, they love it. And they get to serve God. They get to serve the church by doing what they love. Now we don't need everybody to serve on FRM. We don't need everybody to make flowers. 
We need people to use the diversity of gifts and the way that they're called and gifted in their own unique way. And in doing that, we become the full body of Christ, right? In our own unique way. Absolutely. And, and people can have multiple gifts too, right? Like it doesn't, the way you contribute even in, in a church family, it might not have anything to do with what you do for work or anything like that outside of it. Um, we've got We've got people that are in business that teach Sunday school and that, and they love that. It's just something that does bring joy um, in another way that they can serve. So that's, that's fantastic. So speaking of the different gifts that we had, and we we discussed this yesterday too, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to give. We, we give certainly of our, our financial treasure, but also of our time and our talents. But sometimes I think that that financial piece gets a, a bad rap. Is it, is it less spiritual just to give financially? So I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about, you know, the different types of giving. Is it giving of finances? How is that spiritual? Yeah. So I think um, that's a really, really great question. And I, my take on it, I don't know if everybody would agree with me, but here's kind of my take. We go through certain seasons of our lives. And sometimes we're going to be called to serve more with our time. And other times we need to give up our treasure. And so we have folks, you know, maybe who, um, who've done well financially in their lives and they can't, maybe physically can't get out and serve. They can't teach Sunday school. They can't deliver flowers, um, but they can give of their resources. Maybe um, they can give generously. And that's a time in their life that we really are so thankful. But also, I mean, in our day and age, for we have a lot of folks, we have two parent working families or one, um, one parent, uh, one person's watching the kids, the grandparents and the other kid is, or grandkids or uh, kids and the other spouse is maybe working. Well, when they, you know, let's say they're working, somebody's working 50, 60 hours a week, they don't have a lot of bandwidth outside of their family to come and serve at the church. Mm -hmm. And you know, we understand that. And that's a season of life that people sometimes have to give to their profession. But one of the things that they can use that time, that 60 hours in their profession, they can use as ministry is by giving out of their resources to the ministry of the church here at Rawls Presbyterian. And we don't, it, it's okay. Like that is a way that we need people to serve in that way, to go to, you know, to their accounting job, to their um, you know, their food service job, their hospitality job, whatever it might be, and to, and to make money and to give a portion of those resources to the ministry that makes um, RPC happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a ministry of generosity, and some people are gifted to it. And I've, um, you know, Millard Fuller, uh, you know, who was a Habitat for Humanity, uh, was the founder of Habitat, he used to talk about, you know, the... Um, you know, the ministry of deal-making and, you know, that people, some people are really good at it. You know, they can, they can sell, they can turn, they, you know, they can turn a profit. They're good at it. Well, that's good. Do it. But then make sure you're using that, not just to enrich yourself, right? um, cause that's going to be empty in the end, but to use those resources to bless others. And you're going to find a, a bigger, more fuller purpose to that. Um, and which Miller obviously found and like other examples, I did a, Golly, a number of years ago, I brought in Bob Lupton, who wrote the book mm -hmm. Charity. 
Yes. And we did, um, I had him bring in, I think three or four business leaders from the Atlanta area. And we, uh, we interviewed him and we called it the spirituality of deal making. And it was all about, and it was all these like con construction guys, development folks, um, some community organizers and, and about community development and how you need a partnerships with business to provide jobs, um, resources, but you also need folks on the ground who are helping uh, cultivate the community, make it a neighborhood feel. Um, and all these people come together and if they see themselves as somehow divinely called as spiritually gifted, I think they just work much better together and they benefit not just themselves, but the broader community. Absolutely. And I think that that's important too, with, with whatever it is that we are doing, whatever gifts we've been given and however we are giving back, whether it is through our time or our talents or our treasure, is to be prayerfully considering asking God, how, how can we intentionally use these gifts and, mm -hmm. and give? Um, and, and that is such a spiritual thing, whatever way it looks, whether it's money or time or, or serving. Yeah. So, and I, and I think too, you identified something else that's really important. And even kind of going back to our initial question, the, the Jimmy Stewart question. So I think um, it's important to know that you have purpose and God created each one of us with a purpose. And so sometimes it's, it's just trying to, to prayerfully identify what is my purpose right now in the season. And, and those things change. Um, I think Roswell Presbyterian Church has had um, a purpose for almost 200 years, which is really amazing. We think about um, just the, the great faith giants that have um, got, come before us, but also how we continue to just build on that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested in hearing um, where you feel like God is leading RPC right now. What are some of the, the really amazing things that are happening in the ministry of this church? Yeah, I mean, well, one of the things I think we're doing is doing right now is, you know, our virtual kind of non-local ministry that we can do Bible studies, we can, people can participate in worship, people can serve and not have to be in the same place all the time. So we can accommodate people that are traveling um, and they can still feel part of the faith family, people that have moved, but still feel a connection here um, that return occasionally, um, that people who are homebound, you know, we have folks that can't. They just physically can't leave their home or, or their uh, retirement uh, facility, wherever they might live. And so we can still meet them where they're at and, and have this family of faith um, and a, make an impact. So I think that's one of the areas that we're continuing to grow. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the other ways is, you know, we have a modern service and finding new expressions. Uh, you know, we, at 8.15, we worship in the historic sanctuary that was built in 1840, but then we have a modern service in the gym that's a much more kind of contemporary expression, and everybody can be a part of um, that family of faith, and I have the special privilege, and I know you do as well, that most Sundays, I get to be in all four of our services, and they're just so different, and they're just so fun, our choirs, our musicians, to see uh, how people are using their gifts to bless others is really cool. And we hope to continue um, to grow those ministries. And then I also think our children's and youth ministry is really, really important that we're investing in our young people. I think it's really hard to be a kid these days. Um, yep. I think it's always been hard, but I think especially today with um, the effects of new media, um, the social pressures on these kids, the expectations, um, 
uh, you know, all the things that go into, you know, being an adolescent and younger. Absolutely. So we, want, we want the church to be a place where these kids know that they're loved, that God loves them and we love them. And it's a safe, affirming place for them. Mm-hmm. And then I also think our older, we call our grand adults, you know, folks who, you know, are more in the twilight years of their life. And what does it mean for them to continue? You know, you spend most of your life building up uh, and acquiring. And you get to this point in life where all of a sudden it becomes not about acquiring anymore, but it comes about how do I give my life away? And we are so mm. blessed to have folks in our congregation mm-hmm. who have acquired, who have built up a big life, families, you know, wealth, whatever it might be. But now it's the time to step forward and give that away. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's a really beautiful thing to see uh, that ministry at work here at RPC. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you highlighted so many different areas, so many different people, so many different um, expressions of worship. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing about family and even this chosen church family is family isn't all the same. Family doesn't always agree, but, but family comes together for, for this one purpose with different functions. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's this, this church family is a really beautiful expression of that, that we are coming together with our different, you know, different ages, different stages, different thought processes, different opinions, but we have this purpose. We want to spread, we want to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We want to share that love with, with the people in the walls, mm-hmm. outside of the walls, everywhere. And I think that that's this really beautiful, um, just expression of what it means to be family and particularly what it means to be as we're talking about this Roswell Presbyterian Church family so yeah. I think that that it's, it's beautiful and I'm glad you shared all of that because I think that highlights what we're about um switching Absolutely. gears yeah yeah a little bit talk about family and and you mentioned yesterday and this I heard later I'll, I'll be honest with you I didn't really have a problem with this in the sermon but I heard afterwards that people, there was, it was controversial and people were arguing like they do in a family. And you shared how you were a nanny, a male nanny for a family when, well, you've done it more than one time, I think, but, um, and you had to make stew mm-hmm. and you had to put, um, uh, oh, ah, can you still hear me? No, I can hear you fine. Oh, no, she left. What happened to her? Oh, no, we've lost Carrie Weatherford to the interwebs. Let's see if we can get her back here. Well, Carrie was t- recounting the story, I think, of when I was, was a male nanny. Uh, oh, there. okay, there she is. She's back. I can okay. see yeah, I, I am her. having I am having technical difficulties over here. It's okay. <laughs> I, I it kicked me out. That's it why we need people to contribute their their finances so we can keep this internet going. <laughs> I know it kicked me out. Um, anyhow, so within, you were talking about spices and and that's how related salts and um and how they enhance flavor. But you shared about um <laughs> you did not know that the difference between a clove of garlic and a head of garlic. And so you made the stew for a family and you put in a whole head of garlic, but this is where the controversy lies. Some people say it's called a bulb. Some people say it's called a head. 
So I was just wondering if you could clear that up for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, go. So when I did my uh, preaching team, I do it with, uh, I do it on Thursdays, usually before I'm going to preach the sermon. This week, I had to do it a week early because I was on vacation last week. And I used the language of bulb, a bulb of mm -hmm. garlic. And, and these were all women. I think they're all mothers, all pr the primary, I think, uh, chefs in their house. And they're like, Jeff, it's not a bulb, it's a head. And so I felt like, oh, I said a bunch. I <laughs> guess I, I didn't say a bulb. So I guess I was wrong. Um, okay. I was saying a bunch. They, cor they corrected me. And so I said a head and I went and looked it up and I found head. But now it looks like we're getting responses in that some people refer to it as a bulb. But I think we know what we're talking about, right? It's the big part and then of the garlic and then uh, then the little component parts we all can agree on are called cloves of garlic. Yes. And I mistook the one for the other. <laughs> and you just put the, it, it just help me understand this. You put the, like, did you peel anything off? You just put the whole. Well, okay, Carrie. Now I, I, I need to give some like context to this. I did not grow up, my family, we didn't really eat garlic for one reason or another. They didn't, it wasn't Ooh. in our food. We didn't cook with it. Okay. So garlic, like, like when I manied, like when they wanted us to, they wanted me to go like pick up arugula. I remember the first time I had to go buy arugula at the <laughs> grocery store. I had no idea what, I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know if it was a fruit. I didn't know if it was a spice. I didn't know anything. Okay. So that's what we're dealing with here. Like, okay. you know. I was not like a culinary, like, you know, savant. I was just like, you know, meat and potatoes, you know, you know, pizza bread on Friday nights kind of thing. Um, That's and, good. Uh, and, <laughs> and so when she asked me to get garlic, like how was I supposed to know that what a clove of garlic is? And so I, I don't think I, I, I can't, I mean, this, Carrie, this happened half a lifetime ago for me. I mean, mm -hmm which I just realized I was 22 and I now I'm 44, which is just like, it feels like yesterday, but I don't, I didn't peel it. I think I stuck it as much as I could in like the garlic press and then just kind of moved it around. I, I can't imagine what it smelled like. I can't imagine. You know, I, I, I am wondering if they ordered in pizza that night after <laughs> you left. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for that was, I'm so glad you cleared that up so that our church family can move on from this, <laughs> this, this controversy that we're having, but um, I'm glad. And bulb or I think they're probably- yeah, No one's asking me to come over and cook for them. Let's say, let's say that. No, and Courtney's Courtney is really a very good cook. She right? is a very good cook. And she doesn't allow me to cook. I'm the dishes guy. I'm the dish guy. See, I have, we all have our callings, Carrie. I was about to say, you're identifying your gifts. <laughs> you're part of the family team. Everybody's got their, their function. Exactly. Well, tell us, um, as we're kind of coming to a close, um, what have you been up to or liking over the past week been into anything exciting or anything that you've learned that's been especially interesting yeah well um i hate to admit this but i really liked college football this past weekend that tennessee alabama game and i try not to take sides because we have people on both sides and but 
Tennessee, I didn't realize they were that good. I mean, and Alabama played pretty well, especially in that second half. So I really enjoyed that. I was on vacation last week. I'm reading a, a biography of Blaise Pascal, um, which has been really fascinating. Um, and one of the things I, in reading it, is um, I didn't realize is, so you had the Reformation. So like Luther, Calvin, and they're really critiquing the Catholic church. Well, Pascal is one of these guys, Erasmus would be one of my other heroes that stayed within the Catholic church. But they're af because of the Calvin, Calvinist, you know, Protestant critique of the Roman Catholic church, there became what, what we call a counter-reformation within the Catholic church. And there was a return to uh, reading scripture, the spiritual disciplines, the importance of um, deepening a spiritual life that had kind of gone away. Um, mm. And it was really, it's been really interesting to read about Blaise Pascal's, um, you know, life in that kind of religious environment, you know, because he, he designed, um, uh, he invented a vacuum. He invented like the first calculator. He designed Paris's transportation system. I mean, he was a man of science and just a genius, mm -hmm. died at the age of 39, but has this, um, uh, you know, pivotal kind of spiritual uh, awakening and experience. Um, and he's written extensively on the spiritual life. Um, and not all do I agree about Pascal with Pascal about, but I've learned a lot from him. And I, I've just known kind of the timeline of his life in kind of the mm -hmm. overview. And so it's taken me a long time to find a biography that um, would kind of get into the details. So it's been really fun to read about Pascal. Um, so that is so fun. interesting. I didn't realize all of those things. Yeah. That's, and mm -hmm. do, you, do you typically find, because you, you, I mean, we know you read a lot. <laughs> um, do you typically find that biographies are where you like to stay or just nonfiction? I try to, I try to be very promiscuous in my reading, Carrie. <laughs> uh, and like, so I, so I do like biographies and I've been on a real kick, um, but I, uh, of biographies over the past couple of years. Um, but I also like kind of think pieces, um, books of essays, anything Marilyn Robinson writes. One, actually, I don't read a ton of fiction, <laughs> but um, one of the books Actually, there's two books that I'm really excited. One's coming out in um, on October 18th, so tomorrow. Yeah, so it should tomorrow. get delivered tomorrow. And it's called. Uh, it's by a, a pop crit uh, writer, a reporter from the New York Times. It's called Rap Capital, and it's okay. about um, how Atlanta has been the epicenter for the history of hip hop and rap music. So I'm really looking forward to read that about the history of Atlanta and its role mm -hmm. in rap music. And then uh, when it comes to fiction, um, one of my favorite fiction writers, Cormac McCarthy, who, I mean, let's just say he's not a young man anymore. He's got, he's got two books coming out. Um, I think one's coming out early November and then one's coming out at the end of December. And there's, um, they're kind of a, a, a pair with each other. And I'm, from what I've read, they look to be really fascinating and really good. Um, I think his book uh, that won the Pulitzer Prize called The Road, mm -hmm. fantastic kind of dystopian post-apocalyptic uh, vision of this father and the son um, walking the road. And I really enjoyed it. Um, 
Now, I blood. I mean, a lot of his books are, let's say, violent and probably more mm -hmm. violence than is good for anyone to um, take in their brains. So I'm not recommending it, but okay. I've learned a lot and I enjoyed the nonviolent parts. But anyway, that's that's okay. what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that with us. And thanks for talking through uh your sermon yesterday with us today and just kind of diving in a little bit deeper. That's what we're doing with these podcasts every week is interviewing the preaching pastor on Sunday, the, the pastor that preached on Sunday, we're interviewing them on Monday just to do a, you know, a non-scripted deeper dive into, into the sermon topic. And so next week, our executive pastor, Lindsay Slocum is going to be preaching. And then she will be interviewed on closing the distance on Monday and her sermon, she's continuing the sermon series, family meeting, and she will be talking about our chosen family. I believe that's right. Right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to like what her spin will be. Absolutely. Well, and you, you kind of teased us with it this week, talking about the, the, the two kind of the family that your family of origin and then the family you choose as you go through life, the people that you choose yeah. to be in your, in your circle. So we're really looking forward to um, her sermon on Sunday. And then the conversation that'll happen next week on closing the distance. But thank you so much appreciate this chat always thank you carrie appreciate you and i'll see you soon all right thanks bye-bye have a great week